It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, Wizards fans, and welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. This is your host, the real Ed Oliver, and my guy, my co-host, Dialante Daniels. How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling good. My Eagles won. I don't know how, <laughs> but they pulled it off. So, you know, I won my t- my three team parlay bet. I'm feeling good. I'm fe- it's a great Sunday. It's been a great it's been a great day. Yeah, it's rough for me. I still have my division champ shirt on from last year, but it, it was rough. I mean, <laughs> we gave a hell mary. That was the worst hell mary I've ever seen in my life. And we, we deserve to lose. So, but I'm not going to talk about the football team too much, man. But I, I do want to thank you guys for making Lost On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Um, I, I know you're happy about your Eagles, but, you know, we are going to get to the preseason game that happened Saturday night. So we're going to talk about what we liked and what we didn't like, the good, bad, and ugly. And then we're going to talk about some um, rotations and lineups that we think uh, West Central Jr. should try out. And um, you know we'll get we'll get to the recap, man. We got we got a lot to talk about with this recap. Uh, the Wizards do play again on Tuesday night against the Raptors at seven o'clock on NBC Sports Washington, or you can watch it on NBA TV as well. So, D, what did you like? Well, I guess we'll start off with what, what we liked. We'll start off with the positive from the game. What did you like from the game? Montrez Harrell, Daniel Gafford, my first two guys um, that I want to bring up. Daniel Gafford had like three blocks and what was it, like 37 seconds or something like that, bringing that defense, bringing that energy, Montrez Harrell. Well, he had um, a nice block towards the later endings of the game. Both of those guys, energy as usual, bringing that high energy, bringing that defense, bringing what the Wizards need on the court. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, another good game in my opinion. I'm continuing to like what he's doing out there on the floor. I'm... I'm just looking every time he stepped on the court so far, I'm just praising the Wizards even more for that acquisition. Um, anybody else that I think Kyle Pope making his debut. I think Kyle Pope had a okay game. First game out, so I wasn't really judging him too hard or anything. But I just wanted to bring up Gafford and Harold. Those were the main two for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one too. Uh, Gafford, the three blocks in 37 seconds, the Montrez Harrell block that he had that he swatted. I love that too. His energy was unmatched. He did have a double double. He had 18 and 10. 
Um, you can see him being vocal, being a leader, you know, kind of directing guys in the right spots, the right places. Um, I mean, he, he brought his energy. I mean, that's what he's going to do. That junkyard dog mentality that I keep saying, six man of the year type stuff, uh, 18 and 10. I mean, he played, he played well. He played well. Um, Gafford, I loved it. Didn't foul until the second half. Yeah. So that's huge for me. That's huge improvement. He looked in shape. Um, the blocks were great. The finishing was good. The pick and roll. Um, so I, I have nothing really negative to say about Daniel Gafford. Um, like once again, Spencer Dinwiddie, he looks good. He looks like the good pickup that we needed. Um, let me see how much he had. I got the numbers up here too. But he did hit a three on his first shot, and I thought we would shoot better than what we did. We ended up shooting terrible from the three point line. He had thirteen points, five mm-hmm. for ten from the field, which was solid. Uh, what did you What did you think about that Knicks performance, man? That that was ridiculous. The three point. Oh my <laughs> what I worry about more than the Wizards' offense and their poor shooting, I'm more worried about the poor defense, mm. the poor three point defense, to be more specific. The Knicks shot 52 threes and made 24 of Ridiculous. those 52 threes, which equals up to 46%. At one point, they were shooting 49% from the three. And that just, from a team that in the past have shown that they have struggled defending the three-point line, you can say, yes, it's just the preseason and whatnot. But when you're looking at these issues that the Wizards have constantly had in the past reappear in a new season under a new head coach, et cetera, that's supposed to be defensive-minded and whatnot. It's an issue that worries me. You know, those are habits. They're pick-and-roll defense. It's aggressive. They constantly leave guys open in the corner when they the, the way they scheme it. It leaves the corner guy open for threes, et cetera. The Knicks were hot, but the Wizards really didn't do anything to cool them off, you know? So that three-point defense, man, they, they got to shore it up. Definitely, yeah, West has his work cut out for him. It's a it's a lot of new guys. You got the new Lakers. You got Spencer, Aaron Holiday, uh, Corey Kispert. So there's a lot of schemes and chemistry and, and things that got to happen. Um, like you said, there was a guy left open in the corner almost every – Kevin Knox went four for five from the three. I mean, he had a career game. And that stuff like that can't happen. Yeah, he was he was, yeah, he was was four for four for six from the three-point line, 12 points. I felt like he just – he couldn't miss. He really couldn't miss shots. Obi Toppin from the three-point line, he couldn't miss. Derrick Rose was out there hitting threes. Evan Fournier mm-hmm. was out there hitting threes. I mean, everybody was hitting threes. I think the only person that didn't hit a three was really Todd Gibson, to be honest with you. Um, but they they went crazy from three. They set a record, 24 – I think 24 threes would have been a regular season record. But 24 threes in your own house just can't happen. Uh, the pick-and-roll defense, like you said, every time there was somebody wide open in the corner – and it wasn't, yeah, it really wasn't just because they got hot. It was just they were open shots. A lot of the shots were wide open threes. Uh, so that can't happen. So Wes Unsell Jr., uh, I think the defense will improve. I mean, they can't get any worse from last year. Um, but, you know, he, he's got his work cut out for him. And it, we can't just make the excuse that it's just a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, 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 it's a concern. It's, it's surely a concern. But we do want to get to um, more things about the game. And we're, we're going to talk about Denny Abdia, his debut and his performance. We saw some good things from him. And we definitely, definitely need Rui to get to come back as soon as possible. We do wish him the best, but we do 
we we can't see him. We can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him because I, I was expecting. I, I'm still expecting a, a, a third year leap from Rui. But before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In-game pick owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their teams. Total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The day of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. Player matches, home versus player matchups, home versus away, opponents, defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper crack the fantasy basketball code if you play fantasy football. If you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper is one-of-a-kind. Game pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. This episode is also brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so let's get into um, Denny's performance, which you what you liked about his performance, which you didn't like, and um, which is all from some of the other guys that played last night. I mean, on Saturday night. Um, from Denny, I would say for his first game back in a long time, four points, three rebounds, one assist, two for four from the field. Um, I guess I could say I wish he could have made both of the threes he attempted. I don't think he really did anything bad. Um, he had a nice assist. I forgot who it was to, but that kind of shows the potential of that secondary playmaking that we've spoke about before and that role that Wes also kind of wants him to grow into being that secondary playmaker for the team. I think for a debut in the first preseason game and his first game back in months, it was four points, three rebounds. It was pretty, you know, simple. Nothing too bad. Nothing, you know, crazy. It was your regular first game back, getting the rest off. So for Denny, I was pretty okay with his performance. He had a nice defensive sequence on Derrick Rose where he locked Derrick Rose up. Um... That was nice to see. I think Denny's defense is a very underrated part of his game. And I feel like in his rookie year, he got a lot of ticky-tack fouls on plays where he played good defense and had his hands straight up, in my humble opinion. But who else did I like? Corey Kispert came in around in the third quarter. He didn't play in that first half. He really didn't do anything too crazy. One for six, 0 for three from the three-point line. But as a team, the Wizards in general shot poorly from the three. So... It wasn't too much outside of the guys I mentioned before who I was impressed with that I was, you know, got too much to write home about for them. 
Yeah, and for the people who didn't watch the game, uh, the score was 117 to 99, so it, it was rough. Um, I thought they did bring it close before halftime, and then they did go on a little run in the third quarter. Then it got a little ugly, and then they brought they sat Brad down. They sat the starters down, and then it kind of got out of hand at that point. Started being uh, like a 18, 15-point game. Then it ended up being a 20-point game at one point. Uh, but, yeah, Denny, I, I wrote down my notes about Denny. Denny, um, of course, he had the two fast breaks where he had a nice dunk. And then uh, Howell Neto did a nice little behind-the-back pass to Denny where he finished uh, strong on that one. Um, he did have a nice pass to Montrose Hero, but Montrose Hero got blocked. And then he did try to pass it into the post to Montrez, and uh, that one got stolen. So he just has to – it's not really his fault. I think Montrez, like the guy, like got around Montrez while he was posting up. So it wasn't really Denny's fault, but he just has to realize when that happens. Um, I guess, yeah, they, they got to get chemistry down on that one. So I'm not going to say it was anybody's fault, but they, they got to work on that together. But – Overall, Denny, I mean, his first game in a while, getting his feet wet, he shot one three, went off the backboard. So the three-point shooting uh, still has room for improvement for sure. But I, I think he's going to have a solid season. He's got to get his feet wet. And, um, you know, he got some rebounds, and he got to push the ball. I was happy about that, too. He had a hot mm-hmm. kick, too. So that's a lot better than last year. And I did hear that um, Wes Until gave him a pop quiz in practice. So, um, you know, there's some development going on, so I'm happy to see that. I'm, I'm intrigued to see him against the Raptors on Tuesday night. Like you said, Kisper didn't get in until the second half, like maybe five minutes left in the third quarter, because KCP was back, and he's trying to give trying to get some other guys in the mix, which I understand. It's just a log jam of that forward spot, so it's, it's going to be mm-hmm. tough with the forward spot. Um, so yeah, let's let's get to Kyle Kuzma's performance. Uh, I want to get your take on him. You know, he's one of the new guys, and I had pretty high expectations. Once again, I'm not going to overreact because it's just two preseason games, but how do you feel about Kyle Kuzma's performance so far? What I feel is that originally I had him in my starting five. I had him at that three spot. But after these first two preseason games, and I don't think this is an overreaction by me. I feel like a lot of people feel like this as well. I feel like he may be better suited coming off of the bench and maybe KCP taking that three spot in the starting lineup. Kuzma just, I feel like, I don't know if it's trying too hard or just not really settled in yet. I feel like that may be the main thing. He's not truly settled in yet. But in the first two games, I haven't really been impressed. But I'm not like down on him. I'm not like, oh, this guy's bad. He, he's already getting on my nerves. I feel like we need to give him some more time, let him get more acclimated, new system, new team, new city, on the opposite coast where he was from originally. And maybe the bench is the place to correct all that and to get him acclimated. So definitely as far as the game two showing, you know, room for improvement. So I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't disagree with you on this one. I mean, Kuzma, he was my pick. I didn't pick him to be most improved, the most improved player. But, of course, we know when Lakers guys come to the Wizards or when Lakers when Lakers guys leave L.A., they just get better. Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, this goes on and on. And the crazy thing is against the Knicks, Julius Randle didn't even play. He didn't play. Mitchell Robinson didn't play. Nerlens Noel didn't play. So that's somewhat of an indictment on 
a measuring stick on how much improvement we need to have. I know Rui didn't play, mm-hmm. but those are three important pieces for the Knicks, and they didn't even play, and it looked like they didn't miss a, a step with, with the Knicks. Or the, it looked like the Knicks didn't miss a step at all. But but Kuzma, the fast breaks, the basketball IQ, the decision-making, he needs to just slow down. Wes Hunsell Jr. in the press conference said that Kuzma needs to shoot the ball more. And the reason why he says, I know people are going to you know react and say, oh, no, he doesn't need to shoot more. But when he has an open shot, it hurts the team when you don't take the open shot. You're putting the ball on the floor. You're driving in no man's land. Or they stop you and they make you pick up your dribble. And, you know, people have to run over you to just to get make it a good pass or, or get the pass off. So the fast breaks is something he needs to clean up. I think they'll look at that in the film because he had the fast break where it actually looked like he double dribbled. Then he picked the ball up and went and then he turned his ankle and then it was like an awkward layup and he fell. And then the other fast break they called a charge where he was out of control. It was a charge. Um, I think somebody was right next to him calling for the ball. I can't remember whether it was Neto or KCP was just like, hey, I'm right here. Because he can give the ball up and get the ball back on a fast break. You know, two-on-one, three-man weave, easy type stuff. So just has to improve on that. Um, but I, I still have some faith in him. He was – you look at the numbers again for Kuz. He was two for eight from the field, 0 for four from the three-point line, four points, three boards, and three fouls. So, I mean, the numbers aren't pretty. The second half was better in the first half. Um, mm-hmm. We'll look at Denny's number because I did make the bold prediction that he was going to get a 5-5-5 five, five, five game. And uh, Denny Statline, he had four points, three boards, and uh, one assist. So I was all – we were both all. But, I mean, that's why yeah. I have a bold prediction. So it's just hard to make. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into some rotations that we think will work and ro- what rotations we saw during the game that might work. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Bill Barr. My favorite flavor is cookies and cream. You put it in the microwave, it tastes really, really good. You put it in the freezer, it tastes good, too. Um, they got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry salted caramel, orange, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy, too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 280, only 45 grams of sugar and only 45 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. Go to build.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at build.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we, we didn't talk about Bradley Bill's performance. Is there anything you think that stood out from Brad? I know he had the nice spin move in the game. And he has talked about, you know, being better defensively. But did you see anything that really stood out from Brad last night? I mean, on Saturday. Um, From Bradley Bill, there was nothing really that I felt was something that anything out of the ordinary. I mean, I think as far as just the defense, three-point defense, that all goes into the team. So he's a part of that. But other than that, it wasn't anything outside of your typical Bradley Bill performance, in my opinion. 
Uh, I think so too. He he had fourteen of the nice spin move. The only one thing I didn't like either is that they went on a drought when he left the game, and the whole thing they talked about the all season that when he does leave the game that there's no or huge drop off that we don't have to just rely on Brad to get buckets that other guys can step up. You know, I guess when Rui gets back and, you know, maybe that can change. But um, and then also, I guess, Bertans. <laughs> I hate to harp on Bertans so much, but maybe he was somebody that I didn't like. He didn't shoot the ball well. Once again, one for six from the three. He had eight points, two for eight from the field. Just not shooting the ball well. And he may get hot later on. Um, and I guess who I did like, Hollow Nutt. I thought Hollow Nutt would play hard. He had 10 points, four for eight from the field and just played hard. Um, Aaron Holiday didn't play great. But he he was scrapping and had hustle. So, what did you think about some of the rotations last night? How do you think it's going to change when Rui gets back? And did anything from the game on Saturday make you want to change uh, some thoughts that you had on rotations before the preseason games? Yeah, like I said about the whole Kyle Kuzma thing, I think him moving over to the bench, KCP moving over to the starting lineup at that three spot, I feel like that's probably my number one change. Um, a lineup that I was interested in was when Bertans and Kisper were both on the floor at the same time. I believe it was Montrez Harrell, um, Kisper at the two, maybe three, um, Davies Bertans, and I can't remember if it was Neto or Aaron Holiday at the point guard spot. But that and that lineup was interesting to me. You got shooting in that lineup. My only issue would be maybe the defense. I don't know how well defensively that lineup could play. But if you add uh, Dinwiddie and Bradley Bill surrounded by Corey Kisper and Davies Bertans, that's a lot of shooting. And that's a lineup with Kisper and Bertans being at the same time that I'm interested in seeing. I like, I kind of, I'm, I'm intrigued with that lineup as well. Um, I think. The shooting could definitely help. You got Gafford as a defensive anchor behind them. So if somebody does blow past them, even though a lot of guys were, were you know, we couldn't stop penetration. Emmanuel quickly was getting to the basket. Derrick Rose was getting to the basket or creating shots for others. Um, so just from the point guard position, they have to get some stops. I am intrigued by it defensively for sure. You just got shooters around the board, Davies. In the ball move, we have guys who are going to be willing to pass and just get the ball movement, just move it, move it, move it. Um, the Knicks, they, their ball movement was really good. They, they made pass mm-hmm. after extra pass after extra pass, and that's how they got those wide-open threes. So I, I think a lineup like that could happen if we're trying to get back in the game. We're down by 15. Next thing you know, Davies hits a three. Corey hits a three. Howell Nutter gets to the basket. Gafford gets a dunk. And then, you know, you cut the lead to five. Just, just the energy, a group. Pushing the pace. It wasn't until, you know, I heard in the press conference too, he was like, you know, that that group has beaten the first team in some five on five stuff. So, I mean, it, it's a scrappy group too. They're not the best defenders, but I, I definitely could see some energy coming from that group. Kuzma as well. He was my starter, but after seeing him play, and I'm not down on Kuzma or giving up or anything like that, but I do think it would be better for him to calm down, settle down, see how the game, how the flow of the game is going come in maybe with a minute left in the first quarter or um, the second quarter with like 10 minutes left or nine minutes left, get some, get some rhythm going, some flow going. And then he would be one of the better guys with that second unit. You know, I don't know if it's going to be Aaron holiday, Haul, and then Kuz at the three Bertrand's at the four and then Harold at the five. 
and then Kuz could come in and he could be, or I'm sorry, Denny. Denny would definitely be with that second with that second unit. So it would be Denny, uh, and then Kuz at the four, and then Hero at the five, and then you have Howell and Aaron, and then Kuz could settle in. He could be that four. He would have some mismatches come off the bench, and he he could just settle down. I think he needs to settle down, and get his rhythm going. Maybe later on, because you know rotations switch up in the in season anyway. So I think that's how that could happen, but. Um, that that's kind of what I got with the rotations. And, and did you see anybody being the odd man out? Did you you think that changed from from last game? Once again, I think it'll just be hard for Corey Kispert. I think that's mm-hmm. the main culprit here, who's going to be missing out on minutes, especially with Cowboy Pope returning. I just look at him, and I think of him mainly being the odd man out. I think Bertans could be expendable, but. With Bertans being paid his money and also just the threat of him being able to get hot when those like for those times that he has gotten hot. I know for the last two games he shot one for six, but that's the life you live by when you pay a guy whose main game is shooting. When he's hitting, it's great. When he's not hitting, it's gonna look pretty bad. So I would say the rook is the odd man out still for me. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is. Yeah, Kisper, he did look like the odd man out because he didn't get into the game until five minutes left in the third quarter. So it was interesting seeing that. And he played well in the first game. So I thought he would get in earlier. But, yeah, I guess if you are looking at money, they probably are going to play Dobbies until he shoots extremely poor. And you're like, hey, we got to get Kisper in the ball game. Got to get this guy in the game and see what the young rookie can do. You know, you use the 15th pick on him, so he's got to get some playing time. He's got to develop, got to get better. Seeing guys recently that we've drafted, they haven't played at all in the first their rookie season, which does happen. Some guys are in the G League and whatnot. But, yeah, I do want to see the difference with the development from Wes Unsell Jr., um, how he develops Denny, how he develops Rui. Once again, I, uh, we got to get Rui back. We're, we're definitely mm-hmm. missing the guy. We're missing his energy. His finishing, um, you just you could just tell something was missing. And I think he is that missing piece, and it, and it is it is a concern, you know, because he's behind the eight ball, you know, conditioning, learning the plays, learning the defense, the new scheme. You got a lot of new guys, new players. They had a players only meeting already, um, and of course, you know, Rui wasn't there for that or anything so far. So um, it, it's just a lot, and we know mental health is more important than anything, you know. So. Uh, I, I just I just want to see this guy Rui come back as as soon as possible, as soon as possible. So, um, but yeah, we're we're gonna wrap up here, and then tomorrow we're gonna preview the game against the Raptors. Um, I think we, we kind of got a rivalry with the Raptors. The Raptors fans do not like Wizards fans. I think it's because we swept them and beat them a couple times in the playoffs. So they they kind of they're kind of salty with it. every time I talk to a Raptors fan, they don't like the Wizards for some reason. Yeah, I think it, it all goes back to that that series where the Wizards sweep them. But I mean, they they won their finals championship, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I guess technically they get the last laugh at the end of the day. <laughs> but I'm always hanging my hat on that series. They got swept. You know that Paul Pierce crew. <laughs> that was it was a lovely four game experience for me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now they they sold the farm for Kawhi and they got their ring, so I, I guess it was worth it. But um, yeah, I can't wait. And we played on the opening night too. 
So I, I can't wait for that too. First game is October twentieth, man. So what is that? Nine days away. So mm-hmm. it's coming up quick, man. I'm, I'm excited for the year. Um, and then, of course, before the season starts, we'll probably do um, we'll drop in our season predictions, our bowl predictions before we start, and all that. And then, of course, we'll revisit that as the season goes along. That's always fun. Uh, D, I know you're a betting man, so I know you're going to put some bets on the Wizards. So, you know, I, I can't wait to see that. But um, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked on Wizards your first listen every day. We're free avail- and available on all platforms. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure you guys hit the like button and hit the notification bell as well. And make sure you, you guys make sure you guys check out Fantasy Basketball. Now make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. Also, make sure you guys follow Locked on Wizards on Twitter. You guys have a good one. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.